Hey there, it's Rachel Ballinger, and I am thrilled to invite you to Rachel Uncensored, my podcast where I get real with my friends and celebrity guests, where we talk about all sorts of topics. From personal stories to hot-button issues, we cover it all. New episodes drop every Wednesday, so make sure you tune in on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Trust me, you won't want to miss out on the fun and candid conversations we have here on Rachel Uncensored. You're listening to Season 5 of Mother May I Sleep With Podcast. I'm your host, Molly McAleer. Do you think that um, Dan's very I love my curvy wife? No. I don't think he does love his curvy wife. I don't think he loves anybody but Dan. True. And and his memories of high school. Meredith actually is, just to cut to the female, the victimization of the female character, Meredith is the victim in this movie. She's the only victim in this movie. Yeah, no, Lori's not a victim. She didn't get dumped. She didn't get fired. The only actual thing that happened was she didn't pay her rent. So that's like, she's not a victim there either. Right. Because she bought Girl Scout cookies and gave it to Petco. Right. Um, <laughs> so Lori's really like upset by this information to learn that she was the one who dumped her ultimate man. And she's like, what would have happened if I had stayed? And he was like, well, uh, I'm about to be married. <laughs> and then that's it. So he says he feels guilty talking to her. Um, Cute little flirty mom by the pool. So we go home and her mom is shocked that she went swimming and that Dan showed up. She's suspicious that something is going on there and she likes it. Uh, she shows Lori the design for a hotel she's working on in Aspen, but Lori's not done. She goes, we could have been making out, you know. And her mom goes, well, if you were making out, that's fine. And Lori leans in here and she's like, oh, you can't imagine me being with a man And her mom's like, why is it weird that I don't want to imagine my daughter having sex? And Lori's like, because you can't imagine it. And she says that her mom couldn't, she never liked her that much at all. And she can't dream that a man would actually be attracted to her. This is disgusting. This is so much. This is disgusting. And like, this is where I have to wonder if my friend, Dwayne Poole, like is extracting a different relationship out of the mother-daughter relationship because no daughter goes to her mom and is like, mom, you never thought I could get fucked. Well, guess what? Like, No daughter's like, mom. Sure. I can get dick, okay? Like, <laughs> who the fuck says that to their mom? Oh, uh, gosh. I mean, I don't know. It's just such a strange, it's so much in one, like, exchange. Tell me more. Like, what do you think, though, about this conversation? I, it's just, I don't, I don't know, like, what is really, like, being said here. Other than, is it just like, oh, this is just, like, well, we need more to of up. the manifestating, manifestation of, like, the fat shaming that she's had to live with. Like, you couldn't imagine me having sex with a man because I'm fucking fat, That's bitch. definitely what it is. Yeah. But it's also, like, she wants her mom to know that she's desired, even though her mom doesn't desire her in a parental way. Sure. Although I think the vast distinction between 
like church and state, so to speak here, is not being acknowledged at all. Because like your mom loving you because you're pretty is very different than a man physically wanting to fuck you. (laughs) (laughs) It's like no mother like looks at their little girl and is like someday so many guys are going to want to fuck you. But But don't they? Oh, ew. Yeah. I mean, I guess. Is that the end goal? Yeah. Like just like with the like the really gross things that like parents do when they're like, oh, like uh, Chester's at at play school or (laughs) preschool and he's got a girlfriend. Like it's just like all it's all grooming. She better not bring any boys home. And it's like, yeah, sir, she's an infant. It's all (laughs) of that. stuff, (laughs) Right. It sounds innocent, but it's not. It's gross. Yeah, it like is gross. gross. And I do wonder, I'm like, what are, yes, it's always the traditional like gender roles of like, mm, so-and-so's got a boyfriend at preschool. Yeah. But like, I don't even, do people consciously, are they consciously having these conversations or is just is this just something that's like, like in people's DNA from olden times? Like from when it wouldn't be unrealistic for your five-year-old to get married in 10 years. <laughs> Uh, mm, I don't know. I think it is conscious, especially like when you start, when kids start like actually being interested in like other kids, like at like, I don't know, like 12 to 14, like when things get really serious, people, parents start getting a little bit more nervous. It is true because also parents never like fake set you up with like the loser's kid that they know. Yeah, it's always the nice, nicest, brightest. Yeah. Oof. Mm. You know what, Lori? Truth tea. <laughs> so Lori's car is sputtering down the road. It's on its last leg. Luckily, the car breaks down right in front of the used car dealership owned by the love of her stupid life. Dan's uh, guys are on it right away. They're going to get her car fixed up. Meredith comes in as the two of them are chilling out in his office. And as soon as Dan steps out, Meredith sneaks her way in there without him seeing, and has some words with Lori. After we hear Meredith and Lori, we're going to hear a ding-dong over at Lori and her mom's, um, and we're going to open the door to a surprise guest. Can we just really quickly say, mm, you want to hate Meredith in this moment, but what you will find out is Meredith is not hateable at all. I The fact that they even falsely set her up as a villain, I want justice for Meredith. I'm going to reach <laughs> out to Dwayne Poole. First thing in the morning, I'm going to text my manager and say, do you know famed writer Dwayne Poole? I would like, like, oh, yeah, get, that gay man. <laughs> do you think Dwayne and I are going to get on the line? Do you think I should have Dwayne on the pod? Yes. If he has a light heart, I will have Dwayne on the pod. I mean, he wrote for the Smurfs. How could it? Are Smurfs about com- communism? Communism? Socialism? Socialism. Perhaps people aren't 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 Smurfs. Maybe he's maybe he's a conservative. Is Dwayne Pool MAGA? All right. Um, <laughs> let's play this scene. It's forty eight twenty four to fifty one fifty three. They make a sweet couple, don't you think? <laughs> we took it the day Danny proposed. I, uh, my car broke down, and, uh, Dan's just checking it out for me. You're a little accident-prone, yes? I heard about the parachute. The parachute? Yeah, we, we, we laughed about that. I, I hope you laughed. Did, did you laugh? <laughs> well, you couldn't have planned something like that after all. I mean, could you? 
You do remember he's almost married. I I'm really happy for both of you. Are you? Me too. I just hope it's nothing serious. Your car. My car. Uh, thanks. Uh, yeah. Hi. Hey, I'm I'm sorry to break into your evening, but I'm looking. Mrs. Madison. Do I know you? Michael Chapman from New York. Still Michael. I've seen your picture. Oh, you're. Well, I had no idea. I'd imagine someone. Well, not you. It's very nice to meet you. You should come in. What is wrong with that girl? Pastries? It's safe. I didn't make them. The tea is mine, but that's the one thing I can do in a kitchen. Thank you. Well, clearly, my daughter hasn't told me enough about you. You're in books, did she say? Uh, art photography. Oh. Well, it's, it's all the same thing, isn't it? I mean, books, art, books on art. I love them all. Culture is my goddess. Uh, that painting is certainly interesting. Oh, this one? Well, I'm flattered you'd even notice. One artist to another, what, what do you think? It's an original. It's one of mine. But don't edit yourself. Be harsh, be cruel, but please, say you love it. Well, actually, I find the Michael, line... Michael, he adores my painting, darling. It's from my blue period. Really? Surprisingly, there's no blue in it. This woman just came home from, like, ruining her high school boyfriend's relationship and, like, walked in so casually to discover her New York boyfriend sitting on the couch with her deranged mother, who she was just like, you can't see someone fucking me, mom. Um, and she comes in, she's like, huh. She puts her coat, her, like, coat down thoughtfully on the banister with her port, like, her little purse right next to it. And she comes in, she's like, Michael? Like, as if she's in a dream state and she just drifted into a new room and, like, recognized someone. It is so weird. Like, this is not how a person would react. All of no. her reactions are in the wrong direction. She's very subdued on the... Yeah, you're right. For, like, a fucking spaz, like, a person who can't keep it together. Yeah. Who's singing Juice Newton at karaoke and winning a trophy. This woman walking in on this moment. Also, allegedly a woman who was so schooled on rom-coms that, like, she wouldn't just, like, lose her mind the second that he that she walks in. Right. How do you watch so many Meg Ryan, Tom Hanks rom-coms and then be like wait my boyfriend from new york is here i wonder what that means like you know what that means he came to get you you dumb bitch get in the car <laughs> fucking she's in a weird vest here too yeah, i don't like it it looks like a movie theater vest yeah it looks like they're trying to make her look fat Dwayne, because that line went straight from the armpit right down to the you know they yeah. gave her no shape for a woman who struggles with that okay <laughs> Sorry, we'll finish this. <laughs>
She's talking about her hair. A new hairdresser, unfamiliar dye. There's a lesson to be learned there. And so I decided to drown my sorrows in acrylics. Well, Lori, talk to your friend. And why didn't you tell me he's so adorable? What are you doing here? We're supposed to be broken up. Uh, no, you broke up. When one person breaks up by extension, both people break up or broken. No, 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 you two. It's much too late for serious talks. You save that for the mornings with sunshine and Bloody Marys. There's plenty of time tomorrow. He's staying in the guest room tonight. Excuse me? I was on my way to a hotel. I can... When I have a perfectly good guest room upstairs, naturally I won't allow that. Oh, naturally. And you'll be happy to discover there's one of my paintings in your room. It's for my month period. Mom? Yeah. Okay. So... This room, I just realized while we were watching that this is Trading Spaces Living Room 101. <laughs> it's like, mean? I like a sort of like an Italian, like a rich fabric infused environment, like lots of <clears throat> heavy draping, oh, lots of like, you know, beautiful silk pillows, um, but also Asian infused. Of course. Okay. So you got the splashes of red, you've got the like art that's very minimal. Also, some of the patterns on the pillows. And they're going to be like, and here is your Asian-Italian breakfast suite. And then you <laughs> cut back and, like, the homeowners are freaking out and, like, not Hildy, but, like, who would do that? Like, not Genevieve. What's his name? Genevieve or Vince. Is that his name? Um, one, of the, one of the people that had their shit together on the show would have proudly revealed this. And I would have sat there as a fifth grader who came home from school to watch Trading Spaces. So thrilled. This would be a wonderful reveal on Trading Spaces. Fair enough. What would you do if you were in Michael's situation? Uh, would I you w- ever be in Michael's situation? No. You would never chase a bitch? No. Really? No. How do you know? I've been in situations where that would be an option, but I think that the chase, like that hard chase, is a refusal to hear a no and that's just that's not cool i stan oh i love that that's such a smart yes it's a refusal to hear a no Mm. it's entitlement man don't like it is it and it's not because you haven't found your lori no it's not there is no lori i would hate it if i've had to have a lori I mean, for him to show up all the way out of nowhere when he just booked the teen fashion shoot. Yeah, like what is it? Which, what is he by the way, do? let's talk. Okay, yeah, right. Yeah. Like the teen fashion shoot I've been dying to do that I've been telling you about. What else is he saying or not saying? Yeah, Michael, gross. But that's a really good point you bring up. <laughs> that like you can, literally cannot chase someone. No, you shouldn't. That's pointless. I'd never thought of it like that. You're right. It's a refusal to hear a no. Yeah, like all of the romantic comedies that we love so much that we grew up with, like... A violation totally, of boundaries. Yeah, and that's like like why like men's behavior now is troublesome is because we see over and over again the refusal to hear a no. And then that like going and re- repeated asking and being there and like just like breaking literally breaking someone down is the way to get someone yeah not good that is actually so deep and i was talking about sort of that exact situation today about like one that actually happens like 
big picture, like not even just like the refusals to hear a no and like the micro way, like the macro way that the refusal to hear a no, that can shatter a person's life. Absolutely. Like being on the other end of that is super scary. And like, yes, these are the things the internet things that get passed around once a year reminding us that like certain things about pop culture are fucked up. That is really honestly the most pure way to put what you just said. It's a refusal to hear a no. Like, how many cities do you have to chase a person down to before you're just a fucking stalker? Yeah. And, like, how great long-term, because the movies end, right? Right mm-hmm. after. Yeah. <laughs> right after they're like, fine, I will date you. That's yeah. where the movie ends. Right. Can we get a sequel to that? How does that play out? Because yeah. I'm sure when we look back on most of the rom-coms we watch in our life, I would say the divorce percentile on those must be closer to 80 or 90. Astronomical. Almost everyone, probably. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like, I would say I don't remember so much about a movie like 10 Things I Hate About You. Okay. That played with some, like, will they or won't they shit in a real way. A little bit, yeah. But that's Shakespearean in nature, right? right? At, at the core of it. So I do think that, like, there's... Well, Taming of the Shrew in and of itself is also a whole ass issue. <laughs> sure. Fuck. I mean, well, bottom line, everyone hates women and it's been <laughs> that way. Um, <laughs> yeah, don't chase anybody. But culture is my goddess. That was, I wrote that down and I I put it in quotes. Culture is my goddess when mom is trying to fuck. <laughs> That's all I put. <laughs> yeah. I wrote in my notes, this is what Molly of yesteryear wrote, literally Molly of two days ago wrote. <laughs> I have been, I have to be honest with you. Lori is too much of a pain in the ass for all this. She doesn't seem very fun. She's not very considerate. She has a rocky employment history, shitty memory, and the kind of rampant insecurity that repulses literally everybody. Her whole attitude is not very hot. I do not understand why these men are endangering their marriage and basically putting off work and life to be with her. What is Ori's ex's, uh, what's Lori's X factor? She seems like she would suck in bed too. <laughs> That's like also the other truth. Is that like normally with like a crazy chick, you get a vibe where you're like, sure. well, that's the thing that they're not all talking about that must be true. Sure. I don't think that's the case with Lori. Well, which is maybe why her mom can't imagine her being with a man. She just, she's not a very, sexual human she leaves the unfinished jobs but mom is right that anyone would die for michael michael good guy kind of kind of until he's a stalker you gotta admit on paper very cute also on paper great guy i don't know six months is very short time six months is alarming is that that is like a that's like a a bumble gone wrong and like by the way i want to say bumble to separate it from Tinder because it's specifically Bumble on which that would happen. That is a Bumble. Bumble. That is a hinge. <laughs> like, that's that. Okay, so Lori goes into the kitchen and she tells uh, Will, her brother, that she needs help with the mom. And he's like, hey, did you finish all this OJ? And she's like, I never finished anything, remember? She's <laughs> like, I stand that joke from Lori. Like, that I'm like, you know what, Lori? True. Like, you... This is the moment. This is like, these soft jokes... When they hit a soft joke, medium-ish out of the park as far as, like, Owen hit it to fucking murder Lori, (laughs) like, 
what if it's her, oh my god this that would be great if this was her ghost throughout this whole movie oh that was god. just like she died in the baseball park um but when they hit like a, a medium ball okay <laughs> out of the park and in near uh, close inside the park on these movies and you're like that's a good joke that's how bad these movies are when you're like that's a joke <laughs> that's a joke that's what yeah. it was yeah. she doesn't finish anything that's a runner they're, they've established, like, a running padding, pattern of jokes. Really? I don't know, man. Like, I don't know how else to describe it. It's like, I guess I laughed. It was like a, it was like one of those, like, ha's, that's just like one ha, it's not but an actual laugh. this is supposed laugh. to be a whole-ass comedy. Like, sure. <laughs> and when those are the things that hit hard with me, <laughs> now, granted, I'm not someone who loves physical comedy. Sure. I don't love to see someone fall. I don't love a, a spit take. I don't love those things don't really get me. Sure. But and there wasn't any physical much physical comedy in here. I feel like throwing them out of a plane was sort of physical comedy. Okay. Right? Like that was their version of physical comedy the way yeah. that that was their version of like a a runner, like a real home run, like a real like we, we're going to drop these doesn't finish anything jokes four times throughout the script. And when we get to the fifth, honey, you're going to be dead. Like, <laughs> this is, okay. I don't know. Okay. I just feel like it's also a missed opportunity because there's so many vibes here. Like, Dwayne is clearly inspired. He's got something. He's got a lot of backbones here. We've got the 70 quirkies girl. We got the fat girl at home. We've got all these like different interpretations of what a human being can be. Uh And all of them have some backbone to them. We can work with that. But instead of it, he's put it into like a spinal blender. Do you know what I mean? And somehow she just comes out like a like a fucking mishmash. Like there's no. Uh, Yeah, I see. Do you know what I'm saying? There's no true comedy because, like, she's none of these things. Right, no. Yeah. She's, yeah, she doesn't have any shape to... Okay, okay. Call me, Dwayne. Um, <laughs> so her mom goes, um, you know, last night I opened my arms to a man who needed me and I took him into my bosom. This is her explanation for taking him Michael. And her mom says, and Lori says to her, how did you manage to make things sound so biblical biblical and dirty at the same time? True. Another, for, for me, I was like, Lori, okay, now we're picking up some steam in the kitchen. Maybe it's going to be all lulls through here, right? Right. Wrong. So Lori bursts into Michael's room without knocking, and he's fully nude. Now we're getting like, into actually sort of like, naked. We're getting into like a, a sort of like a nodding hill sort of moment where it's just like, oh, we're all just like, there's so much energy. Michael brings an energy to the scene. Totally. And I think that it's that Mr. O factor. <laughs> you think? I think so. Okay. I don't think that anyone else would have brought an energy to the scene the way that Mr. O does. Because okay. he's used to playing light comedy. He's okay. adorable. <laughs> okay. But more than adorable, like he's adorable in the way that like a mom would love it. I see. Because he's not fake either. There's something very pure about Michael. Yeah, pure crazy. True. But uh, yeah, I see that. So um, this is a question. Yeah. When I go to someone's house and I like stay the night, like if it's like I'm staying in a guest room, I never am fully naked. Sure. Ever. (laughs) 
Like, if I take off my shirt, I put a new shirt on. Or, like, if I'm, like, in a room with a bathroom adjacent to it, I change within the confines of that bed or that bathroom before I walk out into my bedroom. Sure. Because I cannot have a stray individual <laughs> looking at me naked. That's fair. I would rather die. Would you ever get fully top to bottom nude and just sort of walk around a guest room at your girlfriend's mom's house? Depends on who was home, I think. I mean, I probably would. Even in where you've tracked them down to nothing? I think so. I think You're just a naked person. I'm a naked person. I'm a never nude. Yeah. Like, I'm just like, oh my God. I would, if Will walked in here. Set it on fire. I'd be in there and I'd be like, how awkward. I'd be like, whoa, I, I would die. Like, I can't. If Will walked in, especially in this home, oh my God, I'd die. <laughs> no, it's I'm way too caring. I'm too careful for that. Sure. Like, way too caring of my situation. So he's like, listen, we got to talk tomorrow. And she's like, yeah, okay, we'll talk tomorrow. So they agree to talk in the morning. Mm-hmm. Great. Um, wait, is this where she goes, did you, are you, did you lose weight? Or what did she say? She said, yeah, she have you been, working, been out? working out? It's been two fucking weeks. Yeah. Can't see any results in two weeks. Ugh. I mean, maybe though, I mean, she has a fucked up body sense of like body. Sure. Maybe she thought maybe he's been starving himself and doing crunches. Because <laughs> maybe that's what she would do or was taught to do. Oh, fair. But agreed. It's a grab. So there's a knock at her door, right? And it's Will. And she's looking at her paint-by-numbers painting on the bed. She's holding it. She took it off the wall. And he ta- she takes a shot at his pajamas. She's like, oh, so that's why you're single. Like, meanwhile, they're both dressed in, like, full-blown footy pajamas for adults. And she's taking shots at him. And I'm like, bitch, you're just as pathetic. He never left. Like, you came back. So... <laughs> He tells her that he met Michael downstairs and he's a hell of a dude, especially if we're coming all the way out there to go get the girl. He says, what's wrong with you? And she goes, oh, there's a list. Ask mom. So just Will says that Mr. Magoo could see that he's a good guy. I don't know why that's been so hard for me to say for the last <laughs> two minutes. Um, so she looks at her list and then she pulls the VHS out of the bedside table. So then we're going to see a scene of her mom come in. It's very short, but... I just want to play it because it's like just shows sort of the reality that these people are living in. 5523 to 5542. Will was right. It was time. And there was no time like the present. Darling, it's me. Do you need anything? No, I'm fine. Thank you. Okay. Maybe first thing in the morning. (laughs) Okay. So, first thing in the morning, like, this is the thing that confuses me. Like, did she think that she was going to, like, what was the other option? That she was going to go downstairs at, like, what seemed to be, like, 11.52 p.m. and put on a VHS and bring up with her mom all these dark issues while her ex-boyfriend, who surprised visited, is sleeping in the upstairs room? (laughs) I mean, she's busy. She's got a... That's an all-nighter yeah. fight. That's an all-nighter fight. And she went, like... She's like, I'll do it in the morning. Like, as if, as if she's gracious for that. <laughs> like, Lori's so disturbed. Yeah. I mean, I will say, I think that in my family specifically, we would 
We would wait till the end of the day. That makes sense. In this situation, not so much. <laughs> not in this world we've seen. Yeah, you're right. But I I agree. I think you guys, without knowing you, seem like end-of-the-day fighters. It's just so you don't ruin the the beginning of the day. Oh, you got to ruin the beginning. No, you got stuff to do. Like Especially like with like when the family gathers. Mm-hmm. There's just too much stuff to do in the morning. You can start the morning pissed off, but you can't ruin a morning. Well, I'm very you don't go to bed angry. I see. And so I find if you're going to dig some shit up, for me personally, I feel if you're going to dig shit up, you got to get that over with so that you guys can get sleep so that you can be humans. Because there's nothing worse than exacerbated circumstances and exhausted individuals. I see. Okay. Like when we had that earthquake over July 4th, I like told my mom about it. And then she like called me at like 2 a.m. on the 5th of July and was like, are you okay? And I was like, that's not how this works. It's not a snowstorm. Like you can't just like call me every time that an earthquake could have happened. Because first of all, that's all the time. Yeah. And secondly... Now I'm just tired and don't know how to move about my day. Now it's 2 a.m. and I'm awake and I'm tired. And so I feel like if you have to be in a potential earthquake, you want to, which I feel like a family dispute, a full-blown family dispute, want to kind of like work that around your sleeping schedule. All right. Fair enough. I mean, it's not a note. It's just my preferred thought. Sure. I think also this family seems very... Dumb. Dumb, but also just like they survive in their own way. Of course. You know, they survive in years of suppressed sneezes themselves. Oh, go on. You know? No, truly. Like, what is going on in this family? Yeah. We know dad's dead. How did he die? When did he die? We don't bring it up. Mm -mm. Just we're red about it. Yeah. So, (laughs) um... Mom's going through fabric samples the next day when Lori wakes up and she puts the VHS into the, like, VCR player, I guess. And she's like, Mom, I need to talk to you. It's really important for you to listen. And she turns on the TV and it's a video of her as a young girl. She is a toddler dancing in a tutu. Like, I don't even want to write, like, average or chunky. She's a toddler dancing in a tutu. It's what babies look like. They have, they have like, multiple elbows on all of their arms. They have, <laughs> they're chunky, and that's cute. We love, yeah. we love five elbows on a baby. Yeah. Really quick, we'll play this kind of long segment, 56.15 to 59.05. This is a lot of movie we're playing. Where did you get that old tape? Daddy made it before. I did let that tutu up twice just to get you into it. Oh, I'd so hoped that was only baby fat. <laughs> Look at my face. I was so happy. <laughs> oh, darling. You only thought you were. Daddy thought I could be a dancer. Well, he also thought Will could be a rocket scientist, and look how that turned out. Oh, what did you expect? He was a proud father. 
Why weren't you proud of me, Mom? I was proud. No, you weren't. I was never good enough for you. Well, maybe if you had finished something once in a while. I never finished anything because you never thought I was doing it right. You'd look at my dancing or my art or my science project and you'd be like, here, let me do it. You're doing it all wrong. Look, I thought I was helping. Like that one summer, told me I was going to camp. And I was so excited. But when I got there, it turned out to be fat camp. I was so horrified. Well, you had fun. And you came back thinner. It was a win-win. It was only water weight, Mom, because I cried myself to sleep every night. You never had any faith in me. So I, I never had any faith in myself. And maybe that's why I'm on this, this never-ending diet now and why I can't keep a job and why I didn't stay with Danny and why my life will never be what it was supposed to be. No. No, you can't blame me for that. I always tried to teach you that you have to live your life. You can't let your life live you. And I can't do that for you, much as I tried. I really want to forgive you, Mom. But right now, <clears throat> I just can't. Do you think you live your life or let your life live you? I think I let my life live me. Sam. I think it's... Be I think... We feel the same because we work so much. <laughs> yeah. I guess so. Yeah, I don't care. Like, <laughs> yeah, like whatever. About anything. Anyway. <laughs> like, I'm just like, okay, I'm fucking like doing it. Yeah. <laughs> you just say, that's what happens when you're like a yes guy. You're like, you just, li you just do and go through whatever is thrown at you. You're like, okay. I showed up, bitch. You know what I mean? That's all <laughs> right. I came here for. I'm alive. <laughs> I easily see both sides of this conversation. I actually found, I saw a lot of me in both sides of this conversation. Go on. Well, I just feels like I get not being understood and I get also not being understood. Sure. And I see where that meets up in the middle, man. Like, I don't know. It made me feel like one. Well, it made me feel like I think that I probably would have been happy to go to fat camp if I didn't know it was called fat camp. I see. There sure. was that element of it. Yeah. Where I went to camp, but like, I don't know, like fad camp does sound kind of fun, like in a way where like they really push you, but that's also my eating disorder speaking, right. where I'm like sort of like, well, what do they do to you to make you so skinny? <laughs> <laughs> what do they do at fat camp? <laughs> I want to know. Like curiosity. Um, but I... Yeah, I don't know. I just like I never thought in this movie that there would be a world that I would give a shit about what this mom has to say. <laughs> sure. But at the same time, I'm like kind of looking at it and we have been talking about how is their world possible? How is it making it all happen? Like, how is any of this happening? And the answer is on mom's shoulders, bitch. Yeah. Like, 
she's had to be strong. And that's also a personality type, Mm -hmm. you know, which I have to, you know, I don't, I understand having to be strong. Do I understand um, ignoring all other human life and like the way things work to um, stay in that mindset? No. Sure. But I feel like watching this was a little cathartic for me. (laughs) Great. Yeah, I was like, oh, I can see why people think that. (laughs) Okay. So um, the mom watches the rest of the tape by herself. So Michael's getting ready for the day when he spots Lori outside trying her best to get her car going. He runs out to talk to her. She promised to talk in the morning. I don't know why he's like... The priority should be Michael. Like, literally, there's so many times in this movie where I'm like, even though Michael inserted himself and he shouldn't have done that, like, getting his conversation portion over with is the priority. Like, the lengths they went on to shit on him once he was already in town was, like, kind of extreme. Well, I mean... He wasn't welcome. Yeah, you should reward his, like, tantrum. (laughs) No, like he showed up unannounced so he can wait his fucking turn. Excuse me, Michael. Okay. That's that's the truth. <laughs> that is definitely the truth. No, you're right. Um, wow. Well, none of my notes are valid. Um, <laughs> Delete them. <laughs> so she's like, I need to go on a fucking drive. Leave me alone. Which like is very relatable. And he's like, look, I am the only person whose name is on the rental but if you want, I can drive and you can just not talk and I won't talk. Which sounds nice in theory, unless you've ever been in a situation where two people are actively trying not to talk. And they're talking. <laughs> and right away, she once they're in the car, she's like, oh, like I can tell that like I know you're not talking, but I can tell that you're waiting for me to say something. Yeah. And the, the pressure in that silence is so real. Like, it is only actually, it's a very unique feeling. I've only ever felt that with guys where I'm like, I know you want me to fucking say something and I don't want to say anything, but like, you are just, you're fucking looking at me. Whether it's <laughs> right. like, I can spot your little beady ass eyes through the rear view mirror darting back at me, a silent person staring out a window, or just like your energy. Yeah. Is there anything worse than like going to a concert with someone that like, likes you and you don't like them as much in the way that they stare at you the whole concert and you're or movie Ugh. and you're just like you can feel them yeah and you're like well i thought that seeing you know um david bowie at his last live performance would be a meaningful moment for me but instead all i can remember is this fucking bitch who won't <laughs> fucking stop looking at me who did this to you <laughs> Well, like, oh, no, I had someone room the last episode of Oprah for me. Oh, my God. Uncovered memory. But, like, just fucking reclaiming that shit, coming back and being like, I remember you. Um, but also <laughs> just, like, I've been at, like, haven't you ever been, like, at a movie or a concert or something and you're with someone that likes you way more than you like them? Yeah, totally. And they just put this energy on you? It, like, feels like they're they're actually not physically on you but it does feel like half of their body is on you physical and you're like lung pressure what the fuck yeah it's it's like um do you know what it is it's disappointing 
Because <laughs> it's what? like this could have gone other ways. Yeah, totally. Like this could have totally been more normal. And I respect and I acknowledge and see that you did not get the reaction you wanted. And like there's a way to be cool about that. Sure. But the number one way to not be uncool or like to not be cool about it is to like be aggressively sending me vibes. Refusal to hear a uh, no. People who don't pick like get that vibes are real need to watch this movie. They need to just grow vibes up. Vibes are very real. Absolutely. Yeah. And that's also very that's like it sounds specific, but it's not. Hey guys, tweet me with what concert someone ruined for you. <laughs> Um, cause everyone has one, everyone who loves live music has at least one or two shows that's just been ruined by like a needy romantic or non-romantic partner. Okay. So, um, she's like, listen, I can't be in a relationship right now, but if I could be, it would be with you. So then he says to that, give it a rest. Okay. I don't want you to change your mind. I just want you to let me plea my case, but not now. Right now we can just drive. So she asks him if he's hungry, and then they're alone at this bowling alley. And, like, by alone, I mean there's children milling about slightly. But for the most part, there are these two adults who have pulled over to eat at a bowling alley. Love it. And she thanks him for being, you know, she thanks him for being there while she's going through all of this. And she says that um, she loves the song that's playing right now. He tells her he knows that she loves that song because the first time they were riding in an elevator together, the song was playing, and she said it was her favorite song. I love Uh, the Smiths. um, So, yeah. um, Basically, he's like, let's dance. So they start dancing, and it feels intimate, and then she realizes they're dancing, like, underneath sort of like a 90s space laser version of the universe that's painted on the wall. So good. She's like, I always wanted to dance under the moon. I'm like, bitch, cross it off now. Move on with your life. It's time to cross it off. That counts. And he goes, from the moment I met you, I knew I did not want to date you. She's like, excuse me? And I'm like, I would have been like, yeah, I get it. Like, why why does she need more? Why does she need to spell it out? So he goes, no, I meant I knew I wanted something way more serious. After you left, I was a mess. Ask anyone. I had to try and ask you the question that I only wanted to ask once in my life. Well, twice, if you count the time that you left me. And Lori, there's so much I love about you. I love the way you can't use chopsticks. (laughs) Um, and she goes, nobody can. He goes, I love the way that you care about people. I love the way that you answer the phone. Like the person is the only person you wanted to talk to. I could write a long list because I know you're big into lists, but it would take me a lifetime. I want to spend a lifetime with you. That's what I want, Lori. I want to marry you. That's it. The whole pitch. And she says that this is the most beautiful proposal that any woman could turn down ever. Um, (laughs) Bowling alley. Yep, she's so she clearly must be certifiable. Um, and he's so clear about what he wants, and she's very flattered by all of this, but she doesn't know what it is that she wants. And he's like, but whoever it is, it isn't me. And she's like, no, maybe. Um, he yeah. asked her about the other guys, and she says it might be it. Maybe there are other guys out there. And she tells him that there are a million other girls out there, and he says that he doesn't want any of them. And she goes, well, you've got a long ride back. Mm. So he drops. What, by the way, what's wrong with these people? Like, you're a high-powered fashion photographer. Like, take a fucking flight and rent a car. Right. 
why are you driving to Colorado every time you want to talk to someone? <laughs> like, so not the way to handle things as a New Yorker. Well, Michael is a nut. <laughs> New Yorkers lose all sense of the importance of time the second that they meet someone from Colorado. So <laughs> he drops her off to get her car, and he tells her that he's going back to the house, uh, her mom's house, to get some things. Um, and she's like, listen, I'll be back soon after, and don't go until I come back. Well... This bitch, like, in her short-term memory loss, like, I, this is an actual problem for me, again, in this movie, because it's just, like, yes, granted, Michael's a dipshit, and you've pointed out a lot to me about Michael, but, like, this is a shit-ass move on her this part. This is very shitty, yeah. Yeah, okay. So Dan comes up, um, and by the way he greets her, Michael knows what's up pretty much right away. He's like, hey, sweetie, which, like, bro, you're engaged. Yeah, there's a lot of levels of not right for that. And then we all always know, like, when you like someone and then someone's like, hey, like, that's all you need to know that that's who your significant other probably wants to fuck them instead. Absolutely. It's it's like half of that hey. And you're yeah. like, oh, damn. You're like, oh, that's the one. Okay. Well, see ya. Like, it's literally <laughs> a, such a, it's, they actually caught this for them. So the music changes up in this clip uh, later on. Just know that Meredith has pulled up in her forest green Mini Cooper and is tracking them. Shout out to all Mini Cooper drivers. What's up, Alexander Mini? Um, bought two of my cars from you. Fucking love. I only have one, but, you know, like I, I'm a Mini Cooper person. So, of course, I'm going to side with Meredith again. And then later on when you hear another little switch up, um, she and Dan are sitting in town and they're having a conversation in the car. And then fucking ugh, Michael's waiting back at those the whole time. Anyway, listen, let's play 10509 to 108.43. Hey, sweetie. Hi, Nanny. Yeah. I was afraid you weren't coming. <laughs> See you tomorrow, Peter. So you're through for tonight? Fun's got to end sometime. So I think we found the problem this time, but um, I'd feel more comfortable if you let me take it for a test drive first. You okay with that? Yeah, okay. Okay, hop in. like we left at the night of prom, remember? I should say the morning after prom. God, your mom was so mad. I, I thought it might not be here anymore. That there'd be a row of condos or, I don't know, a mini mall or something. No. No, this town doesn't change too much. It's like us. We haven't changed, have we? Is that good, staying the same? <laughs> I don't know. I think Peter Pan had the right idea. Don't grow up. I mean, what does it get you? Mortgage you can't afford, a job that you hate. Seems like all the truly great memories are back there somewhere. We had that, you and me. You know, we never did. I can think of a couple things. We never danced under the moon. Did you do that with me? You're kidding, right? <laughs> 
Seriously? What? <laughs> I don't know. I just I feel stupid. I'm not much of a dancer. And I don't know, this just feels kind of. What? Come on, give it a try. Like, I, you know, I'm sorry. I just, I think I was better back before I realized how bad I was. Wish I could be that guy again. Look, we don't ever have to grow up if we stick together. Isn't that just avoiding life? No, no, it's, it's not avoiding. It's hanging on to the good things. Lori, we had everything. I want you to think about something. You don't have to answer now, but just, I want you to think about something that we should have done years ago. What's that? We're moving back to town, us picking up where we left off, see what happens. Is that crazy? Meredith might think so. This has nothing to do with Meredith. Well, it's sort of about Meredith. I mean, you're about to marry her. Yeah. It's just that when I'm with her, of you. It's getting very confused. I don't think it's worth it, man, to, like, make Meredith feel sad like that. Is this man for real? Like, okay, the second that he admitted that he didn't like working at the used car lot, I was like, leave him. Don't worry about this man another day in your life. Yeah, no, he's not a good dude. Because at this man to be, like, tired at age 30 of working at a used car lot <laughs> with no, like, family that he has to maintain. yeah. Like, he seems like he's about to marry into upper-middle-class money. Go get, like, a, you know, some sort of, like, degree or some sort of adjacent job that you would like something you can grow into. You're only 30 years old. Why, like, the fact that he admitted that the car lot doesn't make him happy made me very unattracted to him. Sure. Because, like, I always think of someone like a... Yeah. There are, like, a lot of auto mechanics that are really fucking, like, just, like, love their job, right? Or, like, car salesmen that just, like, love their job. And they love it purely, and it's because they just love doing what they do. Right. And people always paint it as being, like, a very complacent gig. While I feel like it definitely can be sort of the way that real estate is sort of broadly characterized as, like, a bored woman's job, quote-unquote. Sure, sure. I wish you guys could see all my finger quotes. It's a But, lot. like, it's... I. I kind of just am like, then get out, you little bitch. Like, you don't have three kids. Like, you don't have to raise a child with a disability on, like, government health care and, like, have to factor in all this stuff. Like, you're not someone that can't make another choice. 
You're literally Dan from Colorado who's dating <laughs> Meredith, who has a m- brand new Mini Cooper. She's certainly not struggling. Like, I just don't. Un- I'm like, where am I supposed to feel? Where am I supposed to find the part of me that feels bad for this motherfucker? You're not supposed to, though. I know. And I wish that we had known what happened, like when he went around the world or whatever. Right. Because he's when like he been there, back. done that. And yeah. I'm like, what do you mean? You saw the 50 nifty United States or like, did you really fucking travel the world or were you in the army? Like, I need some context. This is like probably early for him to have joined the military, though. Probably. Just like in that. Well, no, if he joined oh. right after 9-11, maybe he did. <laughs> I'm trying. <laughs> I'm trying to give him the best. <laughs> Do you think Dwayne thought about this like this? No, not at all. He I know this is like why I'm like I'm too deep. Him I'm too deep to live. Peter Pan <laughs> complex. And that's it. Yeah. By the way, like how gross. That's that when you also so need to like check out. When, like, a guy is, like, keenly aware of a psychiatric disorder given to only the most dysfunctional of, like, male society. When it's, like, he's got Peter Pan syndrome. Like, he's, like, that's me. Fundamentally, like, no one came up with that term because it was, like, a great thing. (laughs) But also, Michael's a little bit treating her like Wendy, too. I mean, they're all fucking stunted. Wow, gotta have a conversation. Dwayne, step into my office. (laughs) So Michael goes down to the kitchen. (laughs) What if I was just an executive at Lifetime and all the writers of all these movies were sitting in the lobby? I would love that. And I was just, they were up for their quarterly review. (laughs) Maybe that should be like a game at the end now. (laughs) For season six, that's a game. Dwayne, you're not coming back. (laughs) Dwayne, you have something to tell us. (laughs) So Michael goes down to the kitchen and asks um, her mom who Dan is. um, And she says it was Lori's first crush. So Michael saw the list. Sorry. Forgot to add that. Michael wakes up and sees the list. And then he goes down to the kitchen and asks mom who Dan is. And she's like, it's Dan. Lori's big crush. And then Michael's like, got it. I got to go. So I wrote in my notes here, this is insane. This man is fucking trying to marry her and he's asking about her fucking high school crush uh, or her high school boyfriend. This woman is a mess. Jump ship. I will date you. That's what I wrote. <laughs> so like Dwayne really appealed to the pick me girl and me like where I was just like, come on, like she's crazy. But like truth is. This whole thing is crazy. Yeah. It's crazy that also he went into a room, a childhood bedroom, and picked up a list of seven things and then, like, took it as word that this is, like, what she must be following. Right. What a... uh, It's so much. So intrusive. I would be like, oh, I found a weird note from when my girlfriend was a... uh, You know what I mean? Like, I'd be like, oh, like, mm, I'm Michael. Like, that's what... I I don't even need to be here. True. So, um... She says that she was madly in love with him. Her mom says this. Um, She's madly in love with him. She's not sure if she's ever gotten over him. What the fuck, mom? Why would you tell not Michael great. this? Not great. Um, oh, like the narcissist. Michael. Well, like, but by the way, Lori never like came home. Like real, like she never comes home. And she thought yeah. that he was waiting for her. Like uh, you have to understand that all this happens with Michael. During a period 
in which, while Lori is not bound to him in any sense, there are some rules of decency, common decency that happen here. Right? I think it's very... If I was in Michael's position and someone had said to me, hey, I'll be right back. And then they never came back after I'd flown all the way there to deal with some shit, right? Yeah. I would maybe pick up a note in their room. What I would not do... Stick around. I mean, I'm just so I don't know, man. Lori, it was a bad move. It was I feel not like cool. Lori not coming home really muddied the waters on my new take on Michael via fair. you. Fair enough. That's fair because she's shitty too. Yeah, like the like. It's not as if she's obligated to do anything. If we're gonna be like the most base level of a human being, sure. Is she obligated? No. No. Is there like a Send off a little, like, things for coming, things for playing, sorry, get in the car. She's out there dancing around with another woman's man. Yeah, that's a lot, Laura. Who's a fucking loser who lost me three scenes ago. Yeah, it was a lot. Lori just kind of, I don't know. They're all stunted. <laughs> but, yeah, but I will say, though, you did, um, you did bring me a new take, and I appreciated that. You're welcome. But I do want to know also where we're going to start holding Lori responsible for some of her behavior. I think it's coming up. I hope so. (laughs) So um, Lori's talking head comes up. She says that in movies, whenever someone has an important decision to make, they wind up in a bar. For her, it was a sushi bar. She needed to be a stereotype, but that's what took her there. At this point in the movie, knowing that based off of lifetime time, that there's exactly 12 and a half minutes left. Not bad. Where the fuck is Jewel? Where is Jewel? With being around we're stupid ass kids, hopefully. So like, I think really honestly, this whole movie was a little bit of a fool's errand for Jewel to like vicariously get something strange. Oh, absolutely. And like, that happens. Like, that actually probably is real. Like, people all over the world are probably married to someone right now because someone who wanted to just get laid couldn't get laid, so they were like, here, fuck them. Sure. Yeah, definitely. Because obviously Jewel loves her man because she's not out here trying to get him herself. She's just like, I want someone to fuck Dan. Like, if it can't be me, someone has got to fuck Dan. Do you think that Jewel would fuck Dan after all of this? Oh, yeah. After goes home? Oh, I think that Jewel will, by the time her, like, kids are in, like, school full time and, like, the oldest one has spending money and can take the younger two into town or something, Jewel is, like, totally fucking down. Jewel could even have a love child. Oh, Not to get crazy, but what I would love is if Jewel's husband, Mystery Man, fucked Meredith. Aww. You think that they would uh, do like a... Because I think Jewel is bad and I think Dan is bad. And I think that they can go fight each other and then Meredith can find her perfectly rich husband that will just fuck off and leave (laughs) Meredith alone to drive her on her Mini Cooper with her stepchildren. All right, fair enough. But, you know, it does raise the question, what about the children? Like, these three kids are dealing with this fucking narcissistic mother that's at home all day, baking supplies... She knows nothing about. I do wonder, though, sometimes with those cupcake towers, who are those really for? Uh, 
herself her husband maybe no but like they're for caterers they're for people that like run like a monthly oh like actual cupcake towers not those specifically that like like that thing that she had where she's just like come take a cupcake and like each one was like perfectly it was like not a sprinkles cupcake looking kind of it was like a crumbs sort of looking kind of cupcake oh, where yeah. it looked like a little bit of like a fucking mess on top. That's what she had just displayed naturally trying to make sure her children who were playing with balls inside, which is like rule number one of parenting, you dumb bitch, like <laughs> no balls inside the house. Um, like, why did she have that? For what? At what demented gender reveal is she holding weekly? Like, what? Oh, what? Those are the things where people have, a, like, is she running? I don't know. If you guys have a cupcake tower, like a little tree, tell me what you do with it. Who are you feeding? Mormons. Oh. I bet Mormons do it. <laughs> Probably. It's like, it's like cute. It's fun. You can't get fucked up. So what do you do? You admire sugar the rush. tree. You have a little sugar rush. You're like, oh, how cute the tree. And you Pinterest it. I've oh. seen Sister Wives. <laughs> <laughs> I know what's up. But you guys, no, seriously, I would love to know. If, if you have a family, what are you doing with that tree? How many times a year do you bring it out? Are there alternative uses? Because that's a hack right there. <laughs> Is it's like, take your unused cupcake tree. Oh, I've seen um, ornaments go in cupcake trees. Like Christmas ornaments. Oh, just to like a little make decoration. Make it look like a Christmas tree, yeah. Oh, fun. Look at that. All right, you guys, call me. All Let's right, see. so um, Lori says it's such a small town. You're likely to see someone no matter where you go. And she does. It's Meredith. Um, she plops down and sits across from her. Now, I the the gall of this, the literal yeah. balls to see someone who, I mean, while Lori's dumb, one could, I would at least be walking around with like the suspicion that one could assume that maybe something was going on between me and her husband. Sure. And if that were to happen, I would never be like, oh, I'm just going to take a seat at your table at the sushi restaurant while you're dealing with some sort of internal battle I couldn't even imagine because, like, I ditched my relationship and apartment because they were all very no-stakes, low-stakes for me, Meredith. But I'm going to sit here and join you at a table in this town where I've made a mockery of your fucking life and everything that you've put together for the last, like, half a decade. Everything Meredith has worked for has gone towards this moment where she's going to marry this man. And where has it ended up? With her sitting across from this fucking dumpy bitch. <laughs> um, no, she's great. I love Lori. Okay, one ten thirty-five to one twelve oh five. I'm mad at her. Back so soon? I saw you with Danny tonight, and I'm sure there's some terrific explanation, but I'm not really in the mood to hear it if you don't mind. It didn't mean anything. Just old friends going out for a drive. Wasn't the driving that concerned me. I followed you, okay? Lori, I can't compete with you. You're good on your own, and me, I'm only good when I'm with Danny. I wish I had your confidence. You think I have confidence? <laughs> I saw it the first time I met you, winning that trophy, 
your butterfly tattoo, skydiving. I mean, I couldn't do those things in a million years. You know who you are. You like people and people like you back. If I didn't hate you so much right now, I'd probably like you too. I don't know what to say. It's okay, I'm, I didn't mean that. I'm just scared. Danny's the one thing I've ever really wanted in my entire life. And now that's in your hands. He's yours if you want him. We both know that. So I guess the question is, what are you gonna do about it? <sighs> See a little Lake Bell in there too. A little bit. In the side profile. Sure, I love Lake Bell. Also, what did adult place to be for Meredith. I think for it's just so seeing her sad. Fian- sad, but like Resigned. I would have exactly. And yeah. by the way, she's like Meredith. I realize in this scene looks like she came across on the fucking Mayflower, like Absolutely. not just in wardrobe and dress, but like, ha- like heritage <laughs> wise, like <laughs> yeah, her definitely. relatives came on the Mayflower and then just had sex with each other until they came up with Meredith. Like not the- she's not inbred the way that Dan is, but not. she's like, you know, inbred adjacent. She's super blonde. I do want to know where the curl came from, though. She has a nice Molly Macleary, little like natural finger wave slash curl. <laughs> um and pearls and a sweater vest. I was looking at the pearls in the scene. I was like, I always oh, okay. wonder about the purpose of a sweater vest. Like a like even a like a short sleeve, like a t shirt sweater has always like a shell, a mm-hmm. cashmere shell. Yeah, I don't know. Because I'm just like that's so noncommittal to me. It's like full body warmth. When I think cashmere, I want full body warmth. I got. You. I'm not going just arms free. Yeah, I think it's like a I don't know East Coast thing, perhaps. But here's my, okay, so here's the thing. You felt that it was sophisticated that she resigned? No, I don't want to, I wouldn't say sophisticated. It's just, well, I, maybe, because, okay, she's like, what, like an hour minimum after seeing her fiancé kiss someone else? Yeah, probably. I would be setting the town on fire still yeah everyone would be in the hospital and i also like see meredith as someone who is a little bit younger sure they never explicitly say that but oh i think they yeah they say i think she's like 26 like maybe 24 26 like she's young yeah but to like say that to say he's yours if you want him without like a face of tears like that's a that's huge I think Meredith honestly, is a big she's man. either like a on living on another level, or she thinks so little of herself That's that she just was it. waiting for this captivating car salesman to get swooped up by another person. <laughs> That's Meredith it. looks like like she just like missed a date at the country club. Like some guy turned her down at the country club, so she's like, okay, well, I guess I'll just go with this like guy. <laughs> like she seems like she has such like um perfectionist style expectations. I almost feel like Meredith and Lori's mom, if they were together in a room, the magic they could create, like, hello, Shark Tank. Like, <laughs> I feel like they would come up with a company. Meredith wouldn't like totally run the finances. Mom would run the creative. Like, I think they're a really dynamic Shark Tank duo. Fair enough. That and I would sense. listen to their podcast. I see that. Oh, tell them. You know, just like different like points of views in life. Um, 
I think that this scene uh, kind of like wrecked me a little bit just because I realized that like this all was leading to an outcome I could have never imagined, which was Meredith somehow blaming this on herself. Right. It was uh, it was heartbreaking because I'm like, oh, these flops like have such limited dreams for themselves. But somehow you managed to top all of them by having no dream from yourself <laughs> for yourself and expecting someone to take it from you the whole time. Yeah, no dream. Just a little bit of hope. By the way, the wedding's a week away. Right. Deposits are gone. Like all of that <laughs> stuff is gone. Like. She literally is probably $60,000 in debt and looking at this bitch and being like, well, if you want them, you want them. Which I guess is actually, honestly, a very real conversation you should have with yourself. Yeah. Even if you're going to lose the 60K, why step into a potential divorce over some deposits? Yeah. You know? Yeah. I wonder, like, how many weddings are canceled the week of a year. I want to know. I want to see an infographic. That would be great. On like all of the money that is just in deposits per month, per year. Ooh. You know, so that you can see every every canceled wedding, all of the money that just went simply to deposits on like things that people never had to deliver on. I think I would have a canceled wedding. You do? I think it would be definitely be my fault too. My call. I could see that. <laughs> I don't mean that in a mean way. No, like, no, I think no, totally it's like it. actually like very empowered. Like I feel like that you can acknowledge that about yourself. Like I don't think it would be your fault. I think it would be your call. Yeah. Like I think you'd just be like, no. Well, you know what? I don't think so. Fuck it. Like I'll walk away from this like 20K in debt before I like step into like a lifetime of this shit. This bit went too long. Sorry. Which, yeah. <laughs> like I think that that's also very like, I think that's, yeah, I think that's sick. Good yeah, for you. you. Know, <laughs> you Good for you, man. Go for it. No, sick in a good way. So Lori comes home and her mom is sitting at the kitchen table and she's like, I was thinking about what you said. And I want to say a few words in my defense. This is, oh, God, this is, I love my mom because my mom would mic drop on me like this the same way, except like I'd be like, well, there's more mic to drop. So um, <laughs> Go on. she says from the first time she ever held her, she thought she was the most perfect child she ever saw, small and perfect. And she knew that the world would be fo- focused on beauty and not the inner beauty that she's always had. So she wanted to make her life easier. Um, So yes, she did want her to finish her products and cheer her on when she was becoming a homecoming queen. Her father always told her to let her be. She's perfect looking the way she is. She was looking at the old photo album tonight and saw what she wanted her to see. So basically, she's like, mom's like, listen, yes, I did say you were ugly when you were a child, but it's because I wanted the best for you. And so she go- and she goes, I did love you in the moment, though. So she goes through all the photos and she says of like how proud she was of her during all these moments. So we see like a picture of her in a tutu and she's like, I see a strong little girl, like whatever. Lori says that the only thing she ever wanted was to be glamorous like her mom. And all her mom ever wanted was for her to be popular like her. And her mom says that if she pushed her and wanted more from her, it was because she knew that Lori could be anything she wanted to be. Her brother is a different story, but they're both beautiful stories. So, like, now we're shitting on Will, a capable human. Yeah, businessman. Who the fuck is bothering Will? Skydiver. 
Yeah, Will's bothering no one. They're like for some I don't know, they're obsessed with him. Like get off of Will's nuts. <laughs> so But also I wanted to be popular like you. What the fuck is that about? Well, so then this is what I have in my notes here. So she basically they're like, Willa, I love you, I love you. We're back on track, right? Great. So I'm confused about her popularity. She's gorgeous, right? Sure. Which obviously is typically a huge asset in popularity. I would high school wise speaking. Um, well, there were like, I mean, it's confidence that makes yeah. you popular. Yeah. 100%. You can be popular by association, but like there was some real like bitches in my high school that I was like, oh, you really are like stunned on us. Like you're, but like, who the fuck are you? Like, you're not even that hot. Like, and you get to <laughs> shit on us every day. Like you're mad average. You just have a rich dad. You know? Yeah. So there was like yeah. that, right? Sure. Okay. So I wrote here that the way her mom talked about her was a, like she was a freak show. And um, I said she's got a quote unquote good personality, but that didn't go far in high school. She's also a fucking nerd. It's just not matching up for me. Typically, people who are popular in high school have a hard time after high school because they knew they were hot and they knew that they were the hot shit back in high school. Right? So she never had that advantage. She didn't know she was popular, apparently. Yeah. How do you, like, date the hottest guy in school that your friend Jewel, who's, like, a married woman, is still, like, shitting herself over and be apparently so popular that your own mother was envious of it but have such a low self-opinion? I mean, that's all of – that's high school, isn't it? You accomplish all these things. No, the popular, popular girls knew they were popular. Yeah, but they still, like, probably ate shit as far as their self-esteem and their self-worth. I guess so. I never really looked into it. <laughs> yeah, I wasn't a popular person. I wasn't so I a follow-up girl on that. Like, <laughs> I was very, um, I was very, I was a floater. Sure. Same. For sure. Floater, loner. But, yeah. like, I mean, I have my best friends, but, like, I am a juggalo. <laughs> At the end of the day, <laughs> the core of who I am at a person is truly a juggalo. I wanted to gif gif that moment. Serve <laughs> 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 me dead in the soul. <laughs> I am me and juggalo. my Tanacon honey telling you that I am a juggalo. Double fisting of wine and a microphone. <laughs> and my jewel in the other hand. I am a juggalo. While balancing my <laughs> laptop and my fucking sleeping angry chihuahua next to me but i am a juggalo you guys this is like honestly though i'm a perfect candidate for a juggalo and actually you know who else is meredith sure so Lori wants because she's a family girl she wants family right so Lori wants to know where michael is after all of this finally we ask about michael um and Lori's like no wait he can't be gone he wasn't leaving till tomorrow um, but one, he never said he wasn't leaving till the next day. Right, she he just said, asked him to. Right. She said, no, she said, I'll be home soon. So like, <laughs> she's like 24 hours late for this. And two, um, it was before he had to look at her childhood stationery in order to confirm any of that. She, I mean, is he worthy of her communication? No. Would communicating make things go a lot more smoothly for yes. her? Yes. But this is a lifetime movie. This is a, I mean, meanwhile, she's a telemarketer. The irony of it all. <laughs> so, so Lori's mom is like, yeah, I'm, um, he came down and mentioned Danny and he just packed up and left. Which like, 
you know is deep. Because Lori never even mentioned Danny to him. That means he saw one Danny, and then he read that note, and he was like, that must be Danny. And then that was it. And then Lori's being saddled with the weight of him of him learning that, which is worse than him learning it. Because she knows all the things that he doesn't know. Ah, uh, okay. Sure. And while his and while the imagination can run wild, I almost think it's worse to know the sins you're guilty of than to imagine the sins that another person could be guilty of. Whoa, dude. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> just got very like I just felt very guilty. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Um, I'm packing a lot. Yeah, wow. So she runs right up to her room and she calls Michael while she's holding her list. And he's like, listen, I know what you want and you should go for it. He said he had a college roommate who said that there are any number of people for a person to fall in love with. So like basically there's infinite soulmates. He always thought there was only one and only for him. And it's Lori. But for her, it's Danny. Yikes. So, like, not only is he, like, you know, I mean, it's that limited thinking you have when you're fucking crazy. Yeah. Like, where you're just, like. Yeah, one road. No, it can't possibly be. Like, I thought all those other roads were the road, but no, this is the one. Yeah. And, And not only is he just, like, he's literally saying for her. No, I know there is only one way. And for you, it's Danny, the used car salesman who who's cheating on his fucking fiance. From your hometown. That, like, how much does he really think of Lori at that point? Not a lot. Or maybe everything. He's still, still everything. Nothing. Because he's, he's just like, he. you know what he thinks? Mm. Nothing. I don't know what he thinks. Like, what, <laughs> what I want to know what the, a man like this is thinking, truly. She's like, listen, I made that list a long time ago. And he's like, the heart wants what it wants. Um, and he's like, I left you a list of my own. So he says, have a good life, Lori. And he is- clicks the phone shut. Like, he just like, you know, when you click your phone shut, like, bye. Uh, I wish so, we could do that still. I love it. I would do anything for like, I would love the click, but like also just a black, I want my Blackberry back. Oh, shit. It's everything. So... Um, and by the way, when he clicks his phone shut, it is extra crispy, almost as if he learned how to act on Degrassi because it's (laughs) like a teen sassiness. So she opens up his list. We're going to play his list. Um, 117 to 117, 26. Seven things to do. Michael's list. One, make Lori happy. Two. Make Lori happy. Three. Make Lori happy. Four. Make Lori happy. Fucking. He's a crazy person, but two, he's got ladies' handwriting. <laughs> he has the he has the handwriting of a teenage girl for sure. Yep. I mean, I like props to the set designer who had to like take over that task and like just thought mm, this will pass <laughs> by the way like do you think craigslist killer or michael's list killer is scarier michael's list killer sounds insane right um okay so this would have been a commercial break on lifetime but it's not it's a real movie so um her mom comes down as she once again stares at her painting her paint by numbers her mom says that the house seems dull since michael left She spent a career fixing these things that people have bought by mistake. Move a chair, 
touch stuff up. But when it comes to matters of the heart, the most important thing is what the heart says. Lori talks to her um, in like in her confessional sort of voiceover thing about what it is that her heart wanted. A good question. She needed to check in with her heart. So she goes to – I thought she would go to yoga and like reuse the gym set. Sure. Like, you know. No, but she goes to meet up with Dan who's working on a car. He's extra flirty. And she says that she woke up early with a thought on her mind. And he hopes um, – he's like, I hope it was me. She goes, no, it's my car. Um, so she says that she's realizing some things can't be fixed. And he says, you know, you can still use the car. But she's like, no, sometimes old things can feel safe, but they're a trap. So obviously she's also talking about them. Um, so they decide that they're going to, like, not go back from here. He should go with Meredith. And the two of them were great together until she came back. It has nothing to do with Lori. Lori's a distraction. And he's like, yeah, well, she was the only one until you came back. And Lori's like, no, she's the best. And she knows it. And I know it. Are they just never going to, like, talk about it as a relationship? No, I don't think so. The fact that, like, the gazebo dance happened under the moonlight. and The that, skinny dipping. Well, the skinny dipping. But then also this Meredith sushi, sushi restaurant thing. Yeah. Like, for me, that's something that would come out drunk on the honeymoon. <laughs> like, I'd be like, I can't contain this. Or, like, because she does look very waspy, she could hold that in till her deathbed and then be like, you know, the sushi restaurant in Colorado? The only one. Well, I confronted her in it. <laughs> yeah, she told me everything. So she's like, you and Meredith make a great pair. And he goes, listen, you know, what What if I dropped on one knee in this moment? And she's like, is that what you really want? Okay, 120.10 to 120.54. So we're back where we started. After all, I did promise you a wedding. Love is something you can't deny. You can run, but you can't hide forever. Very Michael spirit. was right about that. Not many guys. The heart wants what the heart wants. No one's there. Dan's heart wants. <laughs> nobody, nobody gives a fuck about these idiots. These are all people that bought cars from Dan. <laughs> we are gathered today to join together in holy matrimony. Meredith Vargas and Dan Hart. Well, I'll put this in the car for you. Unless you'd like to supervise. Nah, I trust you. She's a fucking murderer. Like, this woman brought one big suitcase, which is also a vintage suitcase, just a handle-ass suitcase. And then she brought another smaller suitcase that has, like, fucking Linus on it, I think. No, Pigpen from the Snoopies. sure. And then, like... This fish, she's just been carrying around fucking raw dog. And, like, <laughs> I agree that you don't bring the fish, like, in a bag. But certainly there's a happy medium. Like, maybe something. I don't know. This fish is, like, s- like sloshing around in this bowl for hours <laughs> on a drive from. I mean, what does the water pressure do to a goldfish? Uh, like, probably when the air it. changes? Well, I feel like goldfish die, like, every... 30 minutes so that's that's got to be like her seventh goldfish since she got to colorado is that like a personality trait for her probably i feel like we're supposed to just sort like take some sort of like faith in the fact that she kept this fish alive um but anyway Lori looks back at her list as her brother leaves with her stuff 
a good man. Uh, and she leaves it behind in the box. So her mom asked her if she wants to stay a couple more weeks and spend the rest of her 20s with her. Wow. That actually does hit. It hits different. When her mom says, do you want to spend the rest of your 20s? Yeah, it's a lot. It really hits you that she's 30. Yeah. Like, for the first time in the entire movie. When I was 30, I was living a whole ass life. I had lived a whole ass life. There was no scenario in the world in which I would have been replanted at my childhood home. And my, well, I didn't like have a childhood home, but like, like replanted with my mother. My mom would be like, do you want to spend the rest of your 20s with me? Like, that's an unbelievable scenario. She really fucked up. So Lori's like, no, I left too many loose ends in New York. I need to tidy them up. Um, her mom notices that her paint by numbers painting is finally done. And she says that she figured it was a good place to start. She's tidied something up for once. So now, after what sounds like a month, she's realizing that she left loose ends in New York. Her mom's like, love the paint by numbers anyway. It's it's uh, it's beautiful, just like you. Um, and Lori's like, listen... When you said that, that was the first time I ever believed it. That's sad. It's very sad. So Lori's voiceover says that in order to look at the future, you need to look at your past. For her, she didn't need a list to tell her where her future was. Uh, 121.59 to 123.07. You again? What happened to that line around the block from my apartment? I misjudge the demand. It's why I had to step down from the board of IBM. You sound Russian-y, you're right. You want it back? I do. You have a job to pay for it. I will. And this time, it'll be one that's right for me. Do you like kids? I love kids, why? Our cousin has a daycare center. Are you a good storyteller? Absolutely. He'd need you tomorrow. What a coinky ink. I'm available. We'll make a call. And that's how I got here today. Wait, so Dad married Meredith? They're very happy. I got a postcard from their honeymoon. What's a honeymoon? Oh, that's something you don't really need to know about for at least a few more years. You haven't finished your list. Do you know any stories with ponies in them? And what about Michael? Well, that part of the story isn't quite over yet. Okay, I just, by the way, when you were finishing up that scene, I just saw the full extent of how bad the photos are in Michael's place. They are very, very, very bad. They look like outtakes from, I don't know, like drag race or like, (laughs) but like top model. Yeah. But like drag race, like the makeup is not model-y. They're not good. They're not good at all. And also, no windows? Dude. Yeah, he's a killer. <laughs> yeah. Well, because, like, now you know, like, just based off of that, that he's extra fixated on her because she's not, like, all of that. He's, he's fetishized like her. Yep. Disgusting. Fuck you, Michael. Very manic pixie. Very disgusting. <laughs> um... So now that we just watched that scene with her landlords, I mean, they talked a lot of game for two people that could easily give her back her apartment for a cheaper rate and give her a job. 
But also, what is this How I Met Your Mother element that's come up from all of this? That this entire time, the story she's been telling is to a fucking pack of school children. Yeah. And then one of them is an inquisitive little bitch. And she's like, what about this? What about that? I'm telling you. what happened to Michael? That's the child they got that could do the line read the best. Like the one that didn't separate her thoughts. Like, I'm telling you, <laughs> that is a, that's Dwayne's niece. Yeah. Um, for sure. So Lori goes knocking at Michael's door. She's holding bags of food. He's shocked to see her. She says the dry cleaner would teach her how to use the chopsticks she has. And because using chopsticks, honey, it's number two on her new list. She says six out of seven things to do before she turns 30 is not enough. So, oh, this is – she eats her food like a fucking monster. That's what I, I did not include last time. Honey, she eats her food in this scene so ravenously. It makes the ruffles sad. Like, <laughs> she's never eaten food like this. And I I do love this. I do love that, like, Lori's, like, kind of, quote-unquote, personality trait is that she is completely unashamed of eating in front of a partner. Which is what I find not necessarily true of people who are overweight. Right. Overweight people typically do not like to eat in front of other people. So, I mean, the fact that she's chowing down, baby, we already have to throw out the list, the new list. So he's like, so if chopsticks, learning how to use chopsticks is number two, what's number one? And so we see the new list. Marry Michael if he asks again. We see them get married. They can't stop kissing at the altar before they even say I do. It feels like a very sort of like early anthropology wedding. It's a little bit of like earthy, crunchy. It's a little bit of a, we just happen to stumble upon this oh, tea garden. Sure. Um, she finds out at the ceremony that his middle name is Daniel. Her mom crosses Mary Daniel off the list. Wow. Because they're like, oh my God, she did marry Danny. Wow. Takes seven months to learn his middle name. Yeah. And then it turns out that they got married on her 30th birthday. <gasps> I don't know. I mean, this movie depressed me in a new way. <laughs> There's tell. something about like the action suspensey ones that really kind of get you going. Mm-hmm. We're just like, okay, no matter what, I can make something of this. It's the rom-coms that leave you. I mean, it's such it's always a flaccid episode when you do a rom-com <laughs> because like we're like, yeah, it's stupid. Like it plays into no rational fears. Like, the whole idea of a rom-com is it's just fluff. None of this really matters anyway. It's two people, you know, in the face of everything going wrong in the world, figuring it out. In the face of everything going perfectly fine in their world, these people complicated a lot of situations and ruined a lot of people's lives. And I find on Lifetime, it's just not worth it. I Me Wed, story about a very selfish person. Sure. Who gave up on an entry level. Seven things to do before 30. A very selfish person who gave up on an entry level. Like, so what? You're in New York. You worked at one dog wash. You worked at one, like, department store and walked off the floor. You worked as a telemarketer. I'm guessing maybe that's not something that's in your skill set. Maybe you'd like to work more hands-on, like Natalie in the Caroline Calloway and Natalie Beach story, where Natalie didn't work at the Gap. Natalie farmed lettuce on the roof of a Whole Foods, you know? Sure. Maybe she's a farming lettuce type of bitch. <laughs> Instead of a absolutely, completely telling inappropriate stories to school children, 
whose parents are probably part of some sort of free community project. Oh, my God. She should be arrested. Yeah. And tried. So what do we do? On a scale of one to ten or of one to five, mm-hmm. we're going to call this movie, what do we want to, like, model it after? Should we do 500 Days of Summer? Let's do 500. Well, I had issues with that movie fundamentally just because I am a Joseph Gordon-Levitt. Oh. I know. There. I actually really had a hard time with that movie at the time. You know You know what's funny is that I identified with the JGL, but as I've grown, I'm definitely a summer. That's honestly the truth of life. Same. Yeah. The truth of life. Okay, let's do it. All right. Because, like, I think that that's actually a really... Mark Webb, is that your name? What's his name? <laughs> uh, Mark, is it? <laughs> I think it is. Um, excuse me. I'm also director of Spider-Man. Spider-Man. Oh, You're good going Spider-Man. You're fucking down, bitch. Good. That is a good Spider-Man. Mark Webb. And um, Michael H. Weber and Scott... No stouter, you're fucking going down, bitch. Okay, <laughs> I know the movie you stole from, and it's from my boy Dwayne. Dwayne <laughs> Pool. Five hundred days of Dwayne Pool. Very negative review. So, on a scale of five hundred days of summer to um, a very lifetimey movie. Would you consider the acting in this movie to be a one or a five or somewhere in between? I think a three. Yeah, the acting was... Can I give it a 3.5? Yeah. I just thought the acting was really bad. It was, it was, I mean, Laurie went for it at some, in some scenes. And but I the will The line tell, reads are really awful. I don't want to like give anyone's username away or like personal information away, but one of y'all were, and I were talking on Twitter, Lauren... You know what's up, Lauren, it's me. Hi, we're talking. Lauren, uh, a user, asked me what movie I was watching, and I was like, go watch this movie. It's fucking hell. And she watched (laughs) it, and she was like, this is like the worst Lifetime movie I've ever seen. Oh, damn. What's wrong with Lori? So this is actually bad. It's not just like we've arduously spoken about it bad. Okay, believability of the world and characters. Oh, five. I agree. Creative use of words to avoid censorship. There wasn't any, right? No. Let's give it a two just because it was, it's dumb. (laughs) Dialogue. Uh, Five. I'm going to give it a four. All right. There was two jokes. Wardrobe. This is a five. Because like, well, is that fair? Because I feel like, no, the guys were all like appropriately dressed. The mom actually had a pretty rich wardrobe. Let's give it a a two. Okay. On wardrobe. Because I think hair and makeup will make up for it. Because it was very lazily done. But wardrobe, mm, maybe it's a three. Is it too late? No, it's not too late. Because, like, the vintage-inspired outfits at the beginning really have stuck with me as my lasting impression, as well as the Crocs. Oh, the Crocs on the Mister on the landlords, <laughs> but I feel like they're. I feel like those were comedy Crocs, but like it doesn't read like comedy. No, it reads like they're fucking landlords who were damn Crocs. Yeah, but like new Crocs, like it. It read like a demented school play. <laughs> Hair and makeup. I think this is a five. Sure, just bad and like throughout bad music. 
this was the most probably musically distracting film we've ever watched. Yeah. But is that a good thing? No. All right, I mean, fine. it's very lifetimey. Like, unless you go to, like, fucking Jurassic Park, like, few things are this accurately, like, scored. Sure. Like, down to the moment. But it was the little, like, dramatic, like, flares where I just felt a little bit, like, am I listening to the nanny theme song or am I watching a movie? Like, <laughs> sure. where two people are trying to execute dialogue. Sure. Um, Is that a five, then? Want to give it a four? Sure. Okay. Crying? None. Not enough. Yeah. There is no big, there was no big, small, or medium cry in this, so I feel like it's a one. Okay. Do you agree? Yeah, that makes sense. There's no, there's no cry. There's, there's no cry. It was fucking so low stake. Nothing happened. Well, watch what you're talking to. Um, <laughs> victimization of the female character. A mer- victimization of Meredith. Like I pull off my mask. I am Dwayne Poole. <laughs> <laughs> For years. This, this is, is just been like a flop house that I like run my sex games out of upstairs. Like meanwhile, like. This has all been a farce to like get you to insult me on my. <laughs> okay, so victimization of the female character. So Meredith. I mean, yes, I think honestly, when we look at all the women in this movie, Mom, Lori, Meredith, all three are Jewel. All four probably are very tragic characters, right? Sure. But Meredith is truly tragic. Right. She has the lowest self esteem out of everybody who has low self esteem. But she's a two. Cool. Because, like, we've dealt with women who get, like, fucking raped on this show. Sure. We deal fair. with, like, sex trafficking. Well, we haven't done that movie yet. But, like, you know, we're out here dealing. And people are out here dealing with, like, you know, finding fucking balled up panties under their bed because their husband has been murdering sex workers in the local area for months and then gets arrested by the Foxborough Casino, which is terrible. Um, That's specific. Yeah, it's Craigslist Killer. Oh, shit. Baby. Um, (laughs) Failure and or refusal to jump to logical conclusion. Five. Five. This is the whole... This is why we created the category, baby. Drop plot lines. Uh, I mean, I want to know what happened to the guy from her work. Yeah. Or even who he is. What's his name? He doesn't even have a name. To which I say, doesn't that say at all? <laughs> Let me look and see what his name is. Because this man, you have to tell me this man has an IMDb. If this man is not on IMDb, I'm literally burning this city down. <laughs> Okay, could he have been? He's not Owen. He's not minister. He's not co-worker. He's co-worker. Oh, Marquise Henriques. How did you see that name and not decide that it was? Oh, because I didn't know. I wasn't thinking, really. Okay, Okay, oh, he's great. Well, he's only been... Okay, so... Oh, this is... Definitely your boy. Oh, my God. This is definitely your boy, Dwayne Poole's friend from, like, Groundlings. Really? But, like, they never made it past level one. So, Mark Henriques has is um, known for Half-Baked, 1998, More Tears, 1998, 
And then seven things to do before I'm 30. Maybe wow. our, boy, our boy, Pool, because, I mean, these are Dave Chappelle movies. Maybe our boy, Pool, is in with the Chappelle peeps. That would be so funny. Okay, drop plot lines in terms of this movie. Four? Well, what happened to the teen magazine job? Nothing. We don't know. He took off like two weeks of his life yeah. to drive half more than halfway across the country. Yeah. And then so Meredith there's that. And Meredith and Danny. Jewel. What's up with Will? Yeah. His mom get fucked? Yeah. Well, Jewel is a person leaving after act one was sinister. <laughs> and Dwayne, Dwayne, Poole, we know better than that. But, like, here's my question, actually. No, because now I'm starting to think there's something nefarious going on. Because why would he do two movies, never work again, and then show up in Mr. Poole's movie? What kind of show are you running over there, Dwayne? Just kidding. <laughs> like, seriously, where, why? Like, did he, did this man just, was he doing something else? And then Dwayne was like, hey, you should come do my movie, Two Lines. It'll be a great day. But, like, meanwhile, he's been doing something else. I haven't seen Half-Baked in so long. I don't remember. I don't think I've ever seen it. Okay. Draw plot lines. I'd say let's give it a four. Okay. And then font, which was the first thing we basically started talking oh, about. Five. Five, 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 it's five. It's a five. Okay. So what's our score? Did you do it? Uh, yeah. It's a 43.5. A 43.5. Just yeah. a light 43.5. <laughs> you guys, thank you so much for listening. Follow Sammy on social media. It's a trip. Don't watch this movie. I feel like we just paid, played more than half of it for you. So <laughs> this was one that I just couldn't not share. It was a lot. Talk to you guys next week. And we'll talk to you then. Talk to you. <laughs> <laughs> Hey there, it's Rachel Ballinger, and I am extremely excited to invite you to Rachel Uncensored. It's my podcast where I sit down and get real with my friends and celebrity guests where we talk about all sorts of topics, and sometimes we might be under the influence when we do so. We cover things from personal stories to hot-button issues. And it's the only place on the internet you can find an uncensored version of me. It's a side of me that you might not have seen before because it's not the most family or brand friendly. But don't worry, I'm still sort of slightly a decent human being. If you're intrigued, then make sure you check it out. New episodes drop every Wednesday. You can find it on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Trust me, you won't want to miss out on the fun and candid conversations we have here on Rachel Uncensored.